This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the Business Locker Room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome to the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. And we work, we're going to get it started, and we've got a fantastic show on board for you. By the way, uh, we are up and live, not on Periscope this week. We're on Blab, blab.im. You want to go there, www.blab.im, and find us. And uh, you can see us live on video. Really looking forward to experimenting with this new technology. That's the uh, X's and O's segment of the show. Miles Austin will join us. Uh, a bit later, and we've got a fantastic uh, tool on hand to talk to you about. But great to have you on board, Biz Locker Radio. You're in the Business Locker Room, and Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. And you're you're in exactly the right place if you're trying to improve your business performance. You have most definitely come to the right place. Excited to have you on board. Whether you manage a team, sell a product, lead a company, this is definitely the show for you. And the guests each week just get better and better and better. And this week is no exception. By the way, last week, wow, if you're in the sales world and you're looking for some incredible content, make sure you go check us out. BizLockerRadio.com. Find my interview with Mike Kunkel. It was absolutely killer. And uh, so much there for you to uh, gain from in the world of sales. We're going to be doing a lot more sales and a lot more practical business stuff, and you're going to see it today. We have experts in sales and marketing, social media, leadership, business strategy, much, much more. Again, Biz Locker Radio. Make sure you follow me. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'm your host each week, every Monday, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific, which is where my buddy Miles Austin is. You can find me at Kelly Riggs on Twitter. And by the way, do like I do because there's just so much great content that comes out of these shows. It'll be interesting on video now because you'll see me writing furiously. I take notes as we go, and definitely you want to do the same. But download the podcast off of iTunes and listen to it in your car. I do that. I use my Bluetooth function, dial it up like a radio show. It's absolutely phenomenal, and you're going to want to do that as well. Hey, we've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. But let me preview what's coming down the road just a little bit. Some great stuff coming down the road as well. Next week, Tim Wackel, W-A-C-K-E-L, will join us. Go find him at timwackel.com, sales guy extraordinaire. And uh, by the way, next week, we'll start previewing the show with video, and Tim's going to be the first guy to do that. So what you'll see is that uh, not only will we put up a show page, but we'll put up a video intro on the show as well. Really excited to have you participate as a part of that. In two weeks, August the 24th, Oren Clough. If you don't know that name, you need to go Google Pitch Anything. Pitch Anything by uh, Oren Clough. It is absolutely fantastic. He'll be live on the show here in the Biz Locker Room, the Business Locker Room, in a couple of weeks. But uh, on tap today, uh, something I'm really, really excited about. And by the way, if you're joining me uh, on Blab, you can see the copy of the book uh, from some time ago. 
the Great Game of Business was actually written by a gentleman by the name of Jack Stack. There you go. You can see it live. Uh, Jack Stack was the CEO of uh, Springfield Remanufacturing Company based in Springfield, Missouri, just up the road from me a ways. And this week, I'm joined by Steve Baker. He's the vice president of the Great Game of Business. This guy knows a whole lot about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about something I don't know if you're familiar with. It's called Open Book Management, and that is how Jack Stack was able to turn around SRC completely. They went from a company uh, that had 119 jobs in 1983. As of today, 1,600 employees. They do well north of $500 million in revenue. And Steve Baker's here to talk to us about that trip and what they do differently there at the Great Game of Business. Steve, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's it is great to have you. I, I know you guys. You you personally, you travel all over uh, the country and you you talk to people about what is now called the Great Game of Business, which came from the title of the book. And it's all about open book management. I'm excited to share this with people, but there's a lot of misconceptions I'm suspecting about open book management. I mean, do we really tell everybody everything about what goes on in the business and all those kind of things? We're, we're going to dig up all that, but let's talk a little bit about you. How did you get associated with the great game of business? Well, Kelly, I started uh, you know, out of college um, with a degree in art, believe it or not, and when you're coming out of school with a degree in art and you're good with people, you get a job in sales. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, I, uh, I, didn't ex- I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I, I uh, got uh, early jobs with uh, small manufacturing companies, family-owned companies, uh, you know, not my family, and I would find myself quickly rising to a level where, you know, like national sales manager, uh, national accounts manager, things like this, and uh, so you're working with, uh, you know, the biggest retailers in the world and making fairly significant uh, decisions about the company, uh, but in a, many times in a small family-owned company, uh, you just don't have access to, you know, the real financial metrics of the business, and so your decisions may not be well-informed, and bottom line is, uh, you know, over I spent uh, 20 years out there in the world, uh, again, working with the Walmarts, the QVCs, the Bed Bath & Beyond, the Pottery Barns, you know, you name it, I probably was there, and uh, significant things started to happen. One of them, I remember, well, I got three kids, and I remember uh, going into uh, the boss one day and saying, hey, uh, we've, we've got another one on the way. <laughs> well, how do I get more money? How do I get more bonus? That sort of thing. And, of course, the uh, answer was, you know, sell more. Right. And when you live in Springfield, Missouri, and someone tells you to sell more, do you know where you go? Uh, Best Pro. Bentonville, Arkansas. <laughs> oh, Bentonville, Arkansas. Right. You know, it's funny about, because just you know, yeah, a quick aside. I, you know, I know that uh, Bass Pro starts or started there in Springfield, and so when I first started doing business in Springfield, that was the first thing you thought of was Bass Pro. But uh, people who don't understand sure. the geography, Northwest Arkansas is just a stone's throw away from Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing was, is that, that's just one example. But uh, uh, you asked the question, you know, how did I get started in this? Well, after uh, uh, 20 years of working with businesses like this, uh, I, I realized something. I really got good at marketing and branding. And I approached SRC, uh, who I had observed as being a well-known company in Springfield. Uh, but I didn't think they were very good marketers. And long story short, ended up coming to work for them. Believe it or not, that's when I learned business. After all those years of making decisions in business, I learned about business, and in retrospect, I thought about all the, 
the tough decisions that that were made, uh, and and not all all of them were good. Not that they didn't have good intentions, and not that the families didn't have good intentions, but if they just could have had the courage to share a little bit more of um, how my decisions affected the financial performance of the business, could have been a totally different story. So 10 years I've been here. Um, I spend most of my time uh, speaking at national conferences, working with clients as their coach, uh, and helping to direct the overall uh, brand and messaging of uh, the great game of business as the educational wing of SRC. Now we're joined by uh, Steve Baker, again, the Vice President of the Great Game of Business. Find them online at greatgame.com. And it, as I mentioned early on, it comes from the original book written by Jack Stack with Bo Burlingham called The Great Game of Business. And it is it simply chronicles uh, the way Jack used open book management to turn Springfield Remanufacturing Company, SRC Holdings, around completely, and I mean in a very big way. And, and open book management, just the sound of it, Steve, uh, can be a little scary. I mean, it, it, it sounds scary. You really want me to open my books? Uh, there's a lot of questions that go along with that, but kind of give us the overview. What does it look like? Sure, sure. Well, open book management is a misnomer. In fact, if uh, if Jack were on the phone with us right now, he'd tell you he doesn't even like those words. Wow, the, the words okay. open book management, the words a great game of business, he never intended for those things to get outside the walls of SRC. He didn't mean to become a business guru, right? Right. But, uh, years ago, Inc. Magazine you know, chronicled the... Uh, uh, the turnaround of SRC, you know, going from uh, 119 people, as you said earlier in the intro there, uh, and a failing division of International Harvester to now an employee-owned company that uh, has just blown away all of the uh, the predictions that they would fail. Uh, you know, 32 years of consistent profitability growth, never a layoff, and uh, now we have joint ventures with some of the biggest OEMs in the world. Um, so open book management, you know, here's the thing. What we need to do is say you can't just throw the financials on a conference room table and expect people to get jazzed about it. Right. We, we didn't teach them anything about it in school, right? We don't teach our kids at home how to balance a checkbook. So how, do, how can we expect people to understand this crazy language? What we want to do, when you say open book management in our presence, what we want to do is make sure people understand a few things. We want employees to understand the game they're in, the business they're playing in, the marketplace they're working in, and, uh, and understand that they can learn how we make money and generate cash. If people understand those two simple things, they will make better decisions, uh, their actions will be more focused, and we will typically see a 15 to 20% improvement in profitability the first year people do this. Wow, that's interesting because I, I can hear people saying now, okay, first off, I'm not going to open up anything to show anybody anything at this point. I mean, I've actually had these conversations on a pretty regular basis. But if you're telling sure. me that just showing people what what money, how we make money, how is that going to make us make more money? I mean, Steve, connect the dots for me. I don't think I follow here. Sure, sure. Well, let, let's start by saying this. Most people do uh, that, that I've talked to anyway that are having trouble with the concept say, I do, you know, I share my numbers, but people just don't do anything about it. Most often they're doing what we would call open book reporting. You know, I, I share the numbers uh, as long as it's too late for anybody to do anything about it. <laughs> right. In open book management, we're actually managing the business by the numbers. And so, if you can imagine this, uh, we don't share salary information. We don't throw the gap financials out on the conference room table, as I said. What we do is we teach people how do we make money in this business, how do we spend money, what's left over, and what do we do with it. 
uh, salaries are always the big concern, right? What if somebody Absolutely. finds out what I make? We don't share salary information at all. Uh, we think it's divisive. The point is, how do we make money in the business? And, uh, and really, most people don't even know, Kelly, how hard it is to make a dollar in business. Right, right. Boy, it's a, we're going to get into that into some detail as well. By the way, my guest, Steve Baker. And you can find them, again, greatgame.com. And they're on Twitter. They've got this interesting Twitter handle. I have to go through it. At Great Game Business. But great is GR and the number eight. Great Game Business. Follow them on Twitter. And by the way, we're going to tell you about a free audio book that you can get later in the show. We're going to tell you exactly where to go online, download that, get it absolutely free. It is the book. The Great Game of Business and its uh, revised and updated form. I'm also going to tell you about an annual conference that's going on. Steve travels all over the country and does presentations about open book management. And I think you probably answered one of the big ones that are out there. And that is, when you say open book management, you're not, what, what do you do with salaries? Well, clearly you don't have to share anything about salaries to teach people how this company makes Money And I think you, man, you just dropped the big bomb there. Most people don't have the first clue how much money drops to the bottom line. They figure if you're in business, especially if you're a, an entrepreneur with a small to medium-sized company, you must just be killing it, Steve. And that's not always true, is it? No, it's rarely true. I mean, not to the point of, you know, people think uh, one thing is happening when, in fact, a lot of other things are happening. People go on perceptions, and in a lack of information, people fill that void with misinformation. I was at the uh, spring... Uh, conference for Inc. Magazine and uh, did a few sessions for him there. And in a room of 200 people, I guarantee you, fastest growing companies in America, when I asked the question of, uh, you know, do people know, do your people know uh, what you make bottom line as far as the, you know, let's say a profit before tax number or something like that, uh, you know, maybe a third of people would raise their hand when I really pressed them uh, to ask the question, you know, what do you think that they think you're making? It, it suddenly becomes about a handful of people in the room. Here's the thing, nationwide, coast to coast, and even top to bottom, I mean, uh, all over North America, what I've found personally is when you ask employees, how much do you think we keep out of every dollar of revenue, they start at 60 cents and they never get below 25 cents. Now, amazingly, Kelly, you and your listeners know, I mean, you guys uh, live it every day, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us are scratching it out at a, you know, a nickel, a dime maybe. Um, and in PBT, if we just can help people understand the impact that they have on that and how yeah. it's not just the sales guys, it is incredible the different decisions they'll make. They just had no idea. Hell, they don't even know what it costs to employ them. <laughs> now, t- tell people what you mean by the term PBT. I, I'm sorry about that. Profit before tax, I use it as a, as a plug-in. You could call it operating income, uh, whatever your favorite is, whatever your bottom line is, and I'm using air quotes there. Right. I want people to understand that, um, look, if, if you don't mind, I'll run you through a quick uh, scenario that's very, very uh, healthy and uh, uh, telling for, for anyone to do, and all of your listeners could use it. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go for it. So in, in remanufacturing, like my uh, parent company, SRC, the Springfield Remanufacturing Corporation, all the divisions but mine make something. They remanufacture engines. It's dangerous, dirty work. It's not sexy. We teach everybody the business, though, and it becomes very exciting. And one of the ways we do it in our business to make a nickel on the bottom line is very 
uh, good in our industry. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we, we start educating people. We say, hey, guys, we have a dollar of revenue that comes in, and we have cost of goods sold. That's the dollars we spend to deliver on the promises that we made in, in the revenue generation part. And then we have expenses and, and go on down to the bottom line. We go, boy, it, it, all that done and said, we spend 95% of it, we keep a nickel. And everybody goes, wow, I had no idea, right? Okay, how are we against the marketplace? How are our competitors doing? Well, the low ones are 3%, the good ones are 6%. So we're better than normal, but we can do better. Who's responsible for that dollar of revenue? And everybody points at the guy in the loafers and the blazer, right? <laughs> Whoever's right, exactly. making the sales. Now, we want to engage everyone. We want to get people to think and act like business people. We want them to understand how we make money and generate cash and then make an improvement on that. So now we go on the other side of it. We say, okay, we'll get the sales guys to to sell more at the top line. But let's do another exercise. If we have a dollar in COGS or cost of goods sold or a dollar in expenses that could be consumables, it could be direct billable hours, I mean, who knows? But however we spend money in the organization, where does that go if we don't spend it? And eventually someone will say, oh, well, that, that dollar drops right down to the bottom line. A dollar is a dollar. Whereas on the other side, a dollar of revenue equals a nickel in profit. Right. Does that make sense so far, Kelly? Absolutely. You bet. So now we say, you guys are amazing. You're magicians. You're alchemists. You just made lead into gold. And they look at you like you're crazy. I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I say, well, see, every dollar of cost of goods or expenses equals $20 of revenue because that dollar to a nickel equation is 20 times, right? I have to make uh, $20 of sales to get a dollar on the bottom line on the revenue side. That's if right. we just don't spend a dollar in cogs or expenses, it's worth 20 in revenue. Now, who's responsible for that? And everybody but the guy in the loafers is now responsible. I've now engaged all my people around the idea of we make a difference. We all can make this thing, uh, make money and generate cash in a quicker way. And the way the great game of business works true open book management says if people can make an improvement in the business, why not share a stake in the outcome? So we actually do self-funded bonus plans that people can forecast. That's powerful. That's extraordinarily powerful. And there's where we begin to tie the motivation part together. Steve Baker, he's our guest, vice president of the Great Game of Business. They're available at greatgame.com. By the way, we mentioned uh, audiobook. We're going to come back after our first time out. I'll tell you exactly where you can find that. And we'll get into some of the details because it is amazing, amazing the misinformation that exists among traditional rank and file employees who really don't think a lot about the numbers behind the business and how what they do every day impacts those. That's what Steve does every day. He preaches this message across the country. Stay with us. We're going to come back on the side. On the other side, much, much more from Steve Baker. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. 
from the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, thanks for joining us on Biz Locker Radio, presented by the Business Locker Room. Great to have you here. Great to have you on board with our guest, Steve Baker. Hey, by the way, at, uh, coming up after the next break, my good friend Miles Austin will join us from the great city of Seattle, Washington. And we're going to tell you about a fantastic new product, a new tool called Tellwise. I'm really stoked to have this conversation with Miles. He digs up some of the great tools that are out there and brings them to this right here on this show and one of the great reasons to listen to the show, the X's and O's segment, we call it. And we'll do that at 3.42 Central Time, 1.42 specific, specific, Pacific Time. And uh, we rejoin uh, Steve Baker from the great game of business. And before we went to the break, Steve, we were talking about uh, just some of the real basics of business. People think that if you sell something for a dollar, there must be 40, 50 cents, you know, there for uh, the owners to go out and spend on all kinds of things like country club memberships and new cars and all that kind of thing. And when you really get down to it and open up a little bit about how we make money, you figure out that if we're making a nickel, man, a dime, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a ton. There are some industries out there, Steve, that might, might drop a penny or two for every dollar to the bottom line. Isn't that right? That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's all right. we try, and all to, we do try to do is teach, teach people, people the, business the business that they're, that they're in, in, the game that, the game they're, that in, they're in, and help them and help figure, them out, figure out, out, are we a, a high performer, performer, a mid performer, a low performer? Sometimes you Sometimes just point you just that point out to people, out. Kelly, and, Kelly they and they will walk through walls, walk through walls for, you. for you. But, right. but, some, but, but the, you know, the big thing is courage. courage. Do we have the courage to open things up a little bit, teach people about the business? And there are things that are wrapped around that that sometimes keep business owners from really sharing. Very common question for us. Once we get past salaries, they go, okay, wait a minute, Steve. Now, what if I teach my people business? They get really, really smart, and they leave. And, uh, of course, I have an answer for that. It's what if they're really stupid and they work for you, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's um, the old this, Zig Ziglar rhyme, right? Uh, I'd rather yeah. train my people this, and have them stay than not – and have them leave and not train them and have them stay. That doesn't make a lot exactly, of sense. Exactly, exactly. Some people ask also, they go, what if, uh, what if I've got people who won't fit into this new culture, this idea of transparency and accountability? I mean, we don't just open the books, baby. We say – if we teach you the books, if we teach you how we make money in this business, we expect you to use that knowledge to improve the performance of the business, right? And so there's accountability and expectations there. Sometimes people don't like that. I mean, when you shine light in dark corners, the roaches will run. I say let them, you know, help them get a job at your competitors. Those are the people that you want yeah. out of the organization. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, it, it, it becomes, again, one of the more common questions is, is this an all or nothing deal? I mean, we start talking about, I, I, I know I keep using this term and, I, and Jack would be upset with me, but this open book idea, hey, we kind of open it up and help people understand how business works and how their contributions really translate into that bottom line number that we ultimately have. But is, is this an all or nothing thing, Steve? Can you do this in stages? Can you kind of roll into it? What's, what's the best way to go about it? Now, Kelly, that's a great question. We always say, how comfortable are you with the idea of teaching your people? And, and a lot of times people are already doing it in small ways. What we suggest is, uh, you know, first find your comfort level and find your commitment level. Because what we don't want to do is open everything up, full open kimono, and then suddenly get scared six months down the line and start closing things up. Then you start messing with trust issues, communication, right? 
what I suggest is you start small, maybe start just with your leadership team, the folks who run the business and really get them to understand it and become comfortable with it, and then roll it out to employees. While uh, we're doing that, a lot of times we do something, if you do go on the website, uh, look up mini games. It sounds very silly. Again, it was a name that we created inside you know, 30 years ago. Right. Um, but these are powerful self-funding incentive plans based around improving an operational or a financial number that can be used just in a department or a work group. So it isn't full-blown open book, but it does help people understand that they do indeed have an impact. Jack says that numbers are just stories about people, so we're just trying to teach him the numbers, uh, the stories they're generating in the business every day. So yeah, you can start small, and you can. I recommend start with leadership and do mini games out in the departments, and uh, and then meet in the middle. You know, one of the interesting things that I took away from the book, and I read it some years ago, uh, but one of the real, really powerful, motivating pieces that I took out of the book was how when people understand what they do in their particular area of influence impacts the bottom line, and you can show them by changing their habits, they can increase that bottom line, and you're willing to share a piece of that increase, that's a very powerful motivator. Suddenly, there's a lot of peer pressure that happens inside of a company. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And, and really, uh, I'm glad you picked up on that. It's a team win, right? We're, we're in it together. Because what we feel like is uh, typically bonus plans kind of stink anyway, because for the owner side, it's like, oh, I really feel like I ought to give them something. They've been working hard. So it's probably more than they feel like they should give, because they're mostly good people, I've found. But on the employee side, it's never, ever enough. And they don't know what they did to get it. And by the time Christmas rolls around, they've long been, been uh, divorced from the behavior that got them the bonus, right? So right. what we do, we turn it around and we say, let's think about winning as a team so we don't have just one winner and a whole organization of losers. We're going to win or lose as a team. We do it as a percent of salary, so it's equitable, right? The longer right. you've been there or the more training that you've gotten or whatever it is, if you earn more, you're, you're obviously your percentage is the same as everyone else. For us, it's typically 13 to 18% of salary would be the max, and that would be a stretch goal. Right. Um, but any level in there in between, and then what we do is we pay it out quarterly in a progressive fashion. So the first quarter, if we're rocking and rolling, 10% of the total possible pool. Second quarter, 20%. Third quarter, 30%. And 40 in the fourth quarter. So we have 100% total. We don't put the company into a cash strap situation. And what happens if you have two great quarters, then you tank it in the third any of those things can be handled by that progressive payout. What if you have a slow year until the end and then you make it all up? It's cumulative. You can win it all. So the cool thing is, is we can have employees actually forecasting and predicting their own bonuses based on their own performance. That yes. is motivating. That's incredibly motivating. What's slick about it, and I've seen it at work, and one particular client comes to mind, is you get this uh, this workplace environment where someone will see another employee uh, not taking care of things or wasting resources or things like that, and the actual words that will come out of their mouth is, hey, that, that's our bonus money you're playing with there, pal. You, you need to do something with it. Well, our guest is uh, Steve Baker. And the book is called The Great Game of Business. And here is how you can get an absolutely free copy, an audio copy. You can go to greatgame.com. And then it's just forward slash GGOBMP3. So Great Game of Business MP3. Greatgame.com forward slash GGOBMP3. Give me your name 
and a couple of details really quick. I looked at it. It took me like 12 seconds to do it, and you're looking at the audio book downloaded onto your computer to listen to, and it is highly worth it. This is not just a motivational book. I mean, there's a lot of uh, really practical things of how to take this thing from soup to nuts and really do things with it inside of your own organization. You know, one of the questions that typically comes up, Steve, is, wow, you know, the problem I have is people start seeing that they can make more money. I mean, they're going to start wanting more money. They're going to really start pushing the envelope to get more money. How do you guys deal with that objection? Well, yeah, that's a, a good one too, Kelly. I always love that one because uh, sometimes people pull me aside after a uh, you know a talk or something like that. They'll say, "Well, hey, if they." If they see how much money we're making, you know, they're going to want more. And I'm like, hey, it's America. They already want more. And I want them to want more. I want them to aspire to more. What we do is we really teach them the business and reality. And we say, first of all, what's the number one thing that employees worry about? It's job security. Will I have a job? Will I get a check? And will it cash? We want to ensure that the security of the company over a long period of time. So think about sustainability. That's one of the first things we teach that we want you to be here. We want to have benefits. We want to have vacation, da, 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 da. All the things that you care about are going to be coming from a growing and sustainable and profitable business. Then we can have an adult conversation. I mean, essentially, Kelly, that's what we're doing. We're giving people their adult card and saying, hey, let's talk about it. In reality, do you want a bonus now or a big raise now when you know there will be another recession in our marketplace within three years? What are we going to do then? So. Right. We let the marketplace set the salaries. We use a variable compensation on the bonus plan, which is self-funding, and we don't put the company at risk. It's really a great thing when you can have the adult conversation. Without education, though, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I, I like the way Jack rolled that out in the book when I first read it. I remember him talking about the theoretical guy who's out on the floor. He's working on, the, you, you guys do uh, car parts, rebuilds, m- engines, those kinds of things. And you've got a guy out there who's sitting at his area, his workbench, and every single day he's done exactly what he's been told to do. He's always produced exactly what the company's asked. He assumes everything's going well and the company's making money. And then one day, Somebody walks in and says, uh, you know, we're bankrupt or we're, we're going to go bankrupt. Uh, we've we got to lay people off. And, and not treating people like adults r- really is insulting, particularly when you get into that particular scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, uh, if you take that very example and you go back to 1983 when SRC was born, the people in Springfield, Missouri, at, at then what was called the Springfield Renew Center, it was the smallest division of International Harvester, at that time, in 1983, they were the best in the industry. They had the best safety record, best warranty, uh, best performance. They won all the awards. They could not understand how we can be doing our job so well, and International was failing, crumbling around them. At that time, International was laying off people at a rate of 1,000 people a week for two wow. years straight. Wow. Can you imagine? So how can we be doing so great, but they're they're hemorrhaging cash at $60,000 an hour. So Jack and 12 other managers scraped together some money and and, uh, tried to buy the place, and that's when they learned about business, right? Mm -hmm. They'd go to a bank, and the bank would say, well, when are you going to pay the money back? And Jack would go, wow, really good question. (laughs) (laughs) He was there to save jobs. He didn't understand that they wanted to know about how much risk there was, what was the return going to be, what was interest going to be. 54 banks turned them down, and that's when they learned about business. And along the way, Jack made a deal with God. He said, if you help me get this loan, save 119 jobs and families, I swear I will 
teach everybody business. And 32 years later, that's what we're still doing today. Well, there's a couple of things uh, that I want to touch on before we uh, run out of time, and that is that uh, it, it's not simply making people aware. There's a, there's a whole process that you go through, and I know you teach all the phases of this, I'm sure, uh, to, to the people that you talk to across the country. But one of the critical parts of this is people have to understand the standards that they have to work towards that will enable you to make those kinds uh, of to make that kind of money, make that profit. And you're very big on standards and you're very big on um, keeping those standards visible to everyone. Talk a little bit about why that's important. Well, the, the, yeah, great, Kelly. That's uh, exactly where we should probably be right now is to talk about these are the elements of the game, right? Business right. and games have all the same elements. There are rules, there's a scoreboard, and a reward for winning. The, uh, in the great game of business, that first area, if you will, if you can imagine three kind of interlocking circles in a Venn diagram, we say, what, what game are we, were we in? That's what we call know and teach the rules. So setting standards is a great way to say, what does the industry say we should be doing? Now, in manufacturing, obviously, there's tons of standards, but most people that play the great game of business are actually in service, believe it or not. And right. so service industries have metrics as well. We just bring those to the people and say, what should our standards be? Are we better than the marketplace? Are we the same? Are we lower? And right. we have people involved. We call it high involvement planning. We, we get people involved in setting their own standards because people who set their own goals tend to hit them. So that's where we begin, and we set those standards. We, we say, what game are we in? We teach them where we are and where we want to be, and then we say, let's go after it. We create a scoreboard that tells us, are we winning or losing? And uh, then we, we continue to track, measure, and report, and we do it in a forward-thinking fashion, so we're forecasting everything. And the idea there is that if you were in a huddle in a football game and you <laughs> said you just you know kind of shook your head after you got your bell rung after a big tackle, you wouldn't be saying what just happened and dwell on that. You'd be saying what just happened, now what do we do about it? And right. we'd be looking always toward the goal. The goal never changes, and in business it doesn't change either. We've got to set a goal and go for it and always be looking forward. Open book management is not about history. It's about the future. And it's a great book, by the way. Again, let me run that by you. Free audio book available, greatgame.com forward slash GGOBMP3. You can uh, you can listen to the book yourself absolutely for free. If you, if you were starting with a brand new business or someone who is uh, brand new in interest in this kind of approach to managing their business, how long does it take to get this thing up and running and and to create the kind of trust? I mean, it's typically there. It, it's very difficult. People want to share a little bit, not enough. You know, how, how long does it take to overcome some of those barriers and really get moving? Believe it or not, Kelly, you can do it in 90 days. I mean, when we help companies by uh, actually flying in and working with their teams, we do a full 360-degree business analysis, and we begin working with them. 90 days later, they're in the game. They've already seen results, and they're ready to uh, roll it out to their people. Um, in the book, in fact, I'm really uh, pleased that you uh, and, and Business Locker Room would um, uh, offer this to your listeners uh, because on Audible, it's 15 bucks. You're giving it to them for free. This book is the 20th anniversary edition. I'm lucky enough to have written the new material. So Jack's original book is in there, the first 12 chapters. And then uh, uh, the new material is the how-to. tells you about that 90 days of getting from zero to 60 miles an hour as quickly as possible. And uh, it essentially is look at the business we're in, identify a critical number, the one thing that defines winning, 
teach people what it means, how they can affect it, begin keeping score and forecasting, and designing a bonus plan that will be the accelerator to keeping those uh, metrics on task. Uh, it's it's great, great stuff. Well, it's always a, a great conversation. So many more things that we could go into. You guys have got an annual conference coming up. Again, something you do each and every year. Uh, in, I don't know if it's always in St. Louis, but that's very close to Springfield. It's in the uh, early part of September. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that as well, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, uh, 23rd annual conference on open book management, you can find it at uh, openbookconference.com, uh, September 9th through 11th. And we're right down by the arch at the uh, Hyatt Regency. Uh, this is where about, we expect uh, uh, just over 500 people from all around the world, from every industry, uh, to come together to kind of share best practices, to celebrate uh, performance, to talk about their stories. It's a practitioner-driven conference. So the, it's not just Steve Baker and my team talking about Open Book. It's about people living it every day in the world of every type of business you can imagine, uh, actually doing the breakout sessions, the workshops, uh, the different discussions, that sort of thing. And then for those of your listeners who've ever heard of Vern Harnish, we've got him keynoting. And the uh, theme of this year's uh, conference, again, it's the 23rd annual. Um, this one is about uh, the harnessing the wisdom of the crowd. We say it's easy to stop one guy, hard to stop 100. And so we've got the author of a book called Wisdom of Crowds, uh, James Surowiecki, uh, amongst other people, including Jack Stack and Bo Burlingham with his new book. So uh, it's going to be exciting, and it's a great place to uh, introduce yourself to the concept, get immersed in the uh, community, and meet people from around the world that are in your business and, uh, and find out what they're doing with it. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. I'm showing it out uh, on Blab now. You can see it, The Great Game of Business. I've got one of the original copies that go way back to, to 1992, and it says uh, in the uh, copy by Inc. Magazine, an elegantly simple and profoundly radical book. Well, I can promise you that it's radical in the sense that when you start to talk about opening up the P&L and the balance sheet and sharing it with employees, a lot of people start to shake and get nervous. But they don't share salaries. You don't know what everybody knows. It's simply about the process of teaching people how business works and how people can actually find ways to improve the business, grow the bottom line. And if you translate that into opportunities for bonuses and those kinds of things, you can create a stellar, profoundly motivating work environment. Steve, been great to have you. Thanks for your time, my friend. I appreciate it very, very much. That's my pleasure, Kelly. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to take our second time out. We're going to come back on the other side if you're joining us on Blab. And we'll be joined by my good friend, Miles Austin. If the technical goes right, he'll be right here on Blab with us. And uh, you're listening to Biz Locker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs. Follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Kelly Riggs. And you can always find us at bizlockerradio.com. We'll be right back after this break. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back, Kelly Riggs. This is Biz Locker Radio, presented by the Business Locker Room, and we are live on Blab. You can find us at www.blab.im, and this is cool, man. I really love this tool, and you have the opportunity to put various people in the seats and let them interact with you as well. We're going to explore that in the future. We do this show live every single Monday, 3 o'clock in the Central Standard Time Zone, which is where I'm at, and my good friend Miles Austin is going to join us on the radio here just shortly. He's on the Pacific side of things. 1 p.m. is when we do this, and uh, we just had the opportunity to talk with uh, Steve Baker, the vice president of uh, SRC, Great Game, greatgame.com, the great game of business, absolutely uh, fantastic uh, guests, and man, what a, what a great um, great book and a great approach to doing business. So many people miss that. Well, I want to turn my attention to my friend uh, up in uh, Seattle, Washington. Hey, Miles, I know you had a chance to listen to that. What, were your, what was your impression? A lot of great information, a lot of common sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, shocker. Treat employees with some trust, share them uh, with, with what you have and, and so forth, and let them know how they make money. And oh, there he is on Blab. I had to figure out the technology side. Miles, my fault. Uh, but great to have you on board as well. So, what do you, what do you, th- as an aside, buddy, what do you think about this? This is really kind of new, right? Um, on my side, I've got two different conversations going, one in each year. Uh, we, we got some room to grow, but yeah, I love the, co- I love the concept. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, is figuring out all the technical side because uh, when we're live here next to my microphone, we get a little bit of echo, and I'm trying to take some of that out as we go. Thanks to you uh, who are joining us. Thanks for your patience today. Well, let's talk about a brand new tool. It's called Tellwise, and uh, as as is usually the case, uh, sadly, Miles, I'm totally clueless, never even heard of it. Tell me a little bit about what Tellwise is. How does it work? Well, let me show you, first of all, for everyone that's on uh Blab, that's the special link. If you're on uh, the show, the radio show, it's it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Tellwise. And that's going to get you in. you got a special deal for our listeners, Kelly. So they're going to get a special deal, special package, special training. But really what Tellwise is, it came to me because of a great conversation we were having about the ineffectiveness of sales communication. And the truth today, Kelly, the real situation is communication is the most inefficient part of the sales process. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. If you think about it, all of the fancy tools and the bells and whistles and show social and everything, audio and video and everything else, the core base of our success still comes down to a simple platform of communication. Sure. And that's really what Tellwise is based on. It's... um. Tellwise is one of those tools that you kind of think, okay, here we go again. You get into this thing, and I'm telling you, um, I have yet to show this to anyone who wasn't blown away to think maybe someone finally gets it, who has walked in the shoes of the salesperson, ordered the customer, and understands there's some real key pieces that we can now deliver. 
right? So it, it, this is, you. I get the sense listening to you talk, this is something that maybe some salespeople were involved in, right? Or at least somebody who understands what's going on. So much of this software oftentimes comes to you and you think, do these guys ever call on prospects at all? Absolutely. In fact, uh, the CEO um, I've had some great conversations with, and uh, they're based here in the Seattle area, and there's a really large software company that starts with M up here in Seattle, <laughs> uh, where he spent a lot of time on the enterprise side. So, yes, they've, uh, this team is really sharp. They've got their act together. They've built a quality product, a great look and feel, great interface. Um, they've really tried with the key goal in mind, from my experience so far, to really keep this very, very simple. Um, there's not a lot of shiny objects here. It's just really practical, um, again, to help you understand that their specific goal is to improve and make more effective business communication. It's that simple. All right, so let's talk about it. You can find it, by the way, if you're following us uh, on the podcast or you're live today uh, on Monday, August the 10th, or if you're on Blab, you can find it at tellwise.com. Take me through this deal. I mean, we're talking about communication, but clearly there are all different kinds of ways to communicate, Miles. So what do we have in mind with Tellwise? What are we trying to do? Well, think about what's happened, Kelly. It used to be that, you know, the phone was the newfangled device, right? And then all of a sudden email came about and fax machines and all these at some point were brand new and we had to figure out how they all work and integrate into the business environment. So what happens with Tellwise is they've started to understand and really a first one that I've seen that brings to the market a tool that can help leverage what all of us understand is the phone or email communication, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they've also integrated right into it live, live chat capabilities, instant messaging, uh, etc. So it's taking the best of all the new technologies and putting them all in one screen, in one tool. I'll use an example. I was talking to a gentleman that you've had on the show uh, from Nimble, um, the, the founder of Nimble. Um, John Ferrara. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. No, I guess a couple months ago now. And John and I were talking, and we were talking about the use or the value in business of Facebook Messenger. And he says, Miles, don't dismiss it so quickly. I would tell you that when I want to get a hold of Mark Benioff, who's the CEO of Salesforce, the mm-hmm. biggest dog in that world, yes. he said, I, I can't get to him on email. I can't get a phone call through. I send him a message on Facebook Messenger, and I get a response very quickly. You're kidding. In my mind, that was a big clue. I thought, okay, so listen, Miles, don't get so stuck in your ways. And so the point here is not that that's the only way, but what Tellwise is doing is saying, okay, let's use all of this technology to make to create a frictionless communication process between a salesperson and their customer. And it's really a matter of understanding that. And once you start to, to grasp that capability is now here, then all of a sudden the friction starts to go away pretty quickly. Well, I'm digging this in a big way, and I'm looking at the people that use this product on their website, some of the biggest names in the business out there taking advantage of Tellwise. You know, the typical scenario for me as a sales guy, guys like me, Miles, is we, you know, we pull up Outlook, Gmail, whatever the case may be. We fire off an email, and that's how we get it started. I had this conversation this morning, by the way, with a client dude, I don't know what to do next. I mean, they don't respond. I can't connect. I, you know, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to look pushy. How does Tellwise integrate in that whole process? Well, it integrates with your Outlook or your client, uh, Gmail, whatever you might use for your email category. Okay, so it's a simple bolt-on deal, no, no big uh, deal. 
Yeah, yeah, and what and it, it integrates in. But what's really amazing to me, the, one of the the first features that just jumped out at me is it gives me the ability to help prioritize my communications with my prospects through the work that it does, the magic, if you will, behind the scenes. It starts to analyze and help you move to the top of that communication list those things that are most important to you. So it helps you track and prioritize your prospects. It provides uh, that real-time integrated communication. So again, you don't have to, using your scenario, Kelly, you don't have to then go out and um, open up your email client and then open up your messenger or look at your phone to do an instant message or go, in my example, going over to Facebook Messenger Journal and have all these different tools going. You can do everything through one screen, and that obviously has a big piece. Wow. The other really amazing piece to me was it also integrates in and gives you the analytics of Google Analytics. So if you really want to understand your business, like your guest just was talking about on the financial mm-hmm. part, you now have the ability to leverage the power of Google Analytics into your day-to-day business communication. Well, I cannot wait to give this a try. And that's a cool thing about it. I'm looking over it and they, they give you the opportunity to use it free. You get a free trial run at it. So you can kind of get a sense of whether or not it's going to really move the needle for your for your individual business. But my sense is this this is this very much could be that game changer you're talking about. Well, I really think it is. I again I put it up on the screen. Just if you use the link, the bit.ly link, Kelly, that we're talking about, yep. not only will your listeners get the free 30-day trial, but they're also going to get a free a free 30 session. 30-minute training session. So the bit.ly.com slash tellwise, uh, there's no money trading hands here, right? These guys are just great, and I wanted to make sure that we're giving your listeners something extra. They're going to get that 30-minute training for every individual customer that signs up. So it's a great value for them. But if you think about it, these things that that tellwise call smart messages, that's their term for this new world that they're bringing. Um, It gives you the reach of email. It gives you the speed and the presence of instant messaging. It gives you the audience control. So you can really control the flow like you can in what? Social media, right? Right. You've right. got that ability to really schedule and post and worry about it. And again, you get the analytics of Google uh, all within that. So what you end up again, and the whole goal here was to remove the friction of communication across all of these different fronts. And now it's all there. It's integrated, it's smooth, you can look at your prioritization and communicate in a very effective way. All right, so let's talk about what would be a a natural extension for me. Before I do that, by the way, let me tell you, if you're new, joining us for the first time on BizLocker Radio or if you're joining us on Blab, Miles Austin is my guest. We do the X's and O's segment most every week. And he brings in a tool and we talk about it. That's what Miles does. He's the man when it comes to productivity tools and finding things that are really going to change the way you do business. We do it each and every week. You can find him at fillthefunnel.com. And you want to follow him on Twitter, I can assure you, at Miles Austin. The, the, the question that comes to mind for me, Miles, is, okay, now I've got something else. Um, I use CRM. I've got email now. Now I've got this thing. How, how does it integrate with CRM? It, it's not making me double up on uh, things that I do, is it? No, the magic of technology, Kelly. It f- yeah, yeah. feeds right in. Your actions, your communications, your history feed right into Salesforce. So that it, they've already taken away that one concern there. But if you think about it, let's say I just sent an email to you as my new customer. Um, I get a notification as soon as you open that email or the attachment or my slide presentation or you click on the link in that email to my website. So yeah, I, 
I can, if I choose to, whether I'm on, by the way, my iPhone or if I'm on my desktop or my laptop, I now know you're in my site. You're looking at my page. Now think about it. Now I call over and go, hey, let's step through this while you're on the site. And you know what their response is. Dude. (laughs) They love it. So it's, it's a pretty powerful capability. Well, what you're talking about is is becoming a little more personal with the people that you interact with, and and being able to to find them in ways that perhaps you haven't in the past. I mean, that's a big struggle for every salesperson: is how do I construct my messages? How do I get people to open them up? How do I know if they do open them up? And these kinds of tools are becoming more and more available. But when you can put it all in one package like that, it really makes a difference in how you see your role. I think. Well, it does. And you're right, Kelly. And I think, you know, the truth is we all know we should be doing that analytics you just talked about and, and finding out which um, email subject lines get most opens and all that kind of thing. The truth is most of the time we don't do it. And the reason is it's just too cumbersome, too many tools, too many tabs having to be open. And it's just a lot of work. There's no integration between all of them. So one of the powerful pieces of this is with using Tellwise, I've got access to email, to instant messaging, to buyer awareness. I can see what's happening and I can communicate with them. And after the fact, I can analyze exactly what happened, what was good, what was not so good, what met my expectations and what didn't. Yeah, technology just absolutely blows me away, the kinds of things that you can do. And, And clearly, there's a sense in which technology can overwhelm you. That's why I like X's and O's segment with Miles Austin because he brings some clarity to all of these things. And I, I got to tell you, it's, it's had a tremendous impact on, on what I do every day for a living. And uh, I, I actually thought I was kind of up to speed, but <laughs> clearly I'm not. So this is this has been all kinds of good stuff. Well, it talks about on the website, 158% more connections than email and phone. Get beyond spreadsheets. Simplify your sales prospecting. Bottom line, close more deals. It's simply smarter sales prospecting. Fillthefunnel.com. He's Miles Austin. Uh, Miles, uh, next week, what do you got on tap for me? Oh, we got a fun one. We uh, Watch the smile on Kelly's face for those of you on Blab. We've got an image tool that is really productive called, <laughs> called Imgur, Imgur, I-M-G-U-R. Who comes up with these names? <laughs> I don't know, but they, they always twist my tongue. But uh, Oh, man. Uh, we'll have some fun with it, but it's really a very effective uh, productivity tool, and I you know, it's one of the things we'll be able to have some fun with. And I know Kelly's been holding back on this one for a while, but he put me on live. And so now, <laughs> that, now too it's late. on the record. <laughs> too late. It's on the record. Again, if you want to find out about Tellwise and get it absolutely free and get some free help and all that, it's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Tellwise. And uh, you'll be able to find it uh, absolutely free. Hey, good stuff, Miles. Thanks so much. Appreciate you coming back on board the X's and O's segment. We're going to see you next week as well. Looking forward to it, bud. Great show. All right. That's great stuff. Well, hey, that's going to wrap it up for a, another show. Uh, episode number 65, by the way. And our special guest was uh, Steve Baker from uh, The Great Game of Business. You can find them at greatgame.com. And uh, love the discussion about Tellwise. I'm going to jump off here, and I'm going to go check it out. You'll probably hear me talking about it in the future as it impacts what I do. BizLockerRadio.com. You can find out about future shows, past shows, listen to the podcast. You can always download it as a podcast on iTunes. Special thanks to our engineer today, Nick Marple, setting in for Michael Sergit, and to our executive producer, Brandy Jackson. Next week, Tim Wackel. And you're not going to want to miss this one. 
great, great sales guy. He's going to have a lot of good stuff for you. We'll see you next week. I'm Kelly Riggs, and this is Voice America Biz Locker Radio. See you next time. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.